Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Jared Bailey from Laces Out. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First off, it's free. You don't got to pay anything to use Anchor. And there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the latest edition of Laces Out. We are fresh off day one of the 2020 NFL Draft. Kurt Homister, Jared Bailey with you. Kurt, it's good to be doing this with you as always. Yes, sir, it is. Day one of the draft is in the books, and it was a fun time, but we got a whole weekend left of the draft here, so a lot of exciting stuff to come, but we got a very exciting guest uh, with us today, so Jared, I'll let you do the honors here. Joining us today, Los Angeles Chargers starting running back Austin Eckler. Austin, hey man, like we said, we appreciate you coming on. How you doing? Hey, I'm doing well, guys. Thanks for having me. So. How are you, you know, been kind of this past month? We asked Craig Robertson about this linebacker for the Saints last week, how he was staying in shape during this whole pandemic. So how have you been in terms of being in quarantine? How are you doing? How's your family? And have you been kind of keeping in shape with everything? Yeah, you know, I think the biggest thing is um, trying to find ways to stay productive. And what I mean by that is obviously staying in shape and, you know, keeping your nutrition, but also trying to find ways uh, to stay connected with the Chargers community. Um, I know because we're kind of disconnected right now, and even though there's a draft and everything going on, that's kind of been like the biggest event we've had in football for a while. I've been trying to find ways to inspire people that, you know, <clears throat> may not be able to do things that they once did and give them a different outlet to still stay connected uh, through me and the Chargers as well. But uh, as far as my health, you know, I've been healthy. I've been, you know, staying at home for pretty much, most of the time, uh, I do have to go out to get some food and to work out here and there. I do have uh, uh, some workout equipment that I've been using that's been helping me get by. So I'm very thankful for that. And But going back to the community stuff, like I actually started a 30-day challenge on Twitch that I have been uh, streaming live workouts and I've been doing the workouts with my girlfriend and I. And I just decided to start that just to encourage people because I know all the gyms are shut down out here to encourage people to, hey, don't don't let up on your on your health because that's really the most important thing as we can see in this pandemic. And so just things like that, little giveaways, you know, playing video games with people, like just doing just chatting and hanging out. But it's been pretty active. Very uh, cool. Jared, we, uh, we might have to join in on that that 30-day challenge or we can work out with Austin Eckler online, I guess. Uh, you can. <laughs> it's the last week, though, so it's going to kick your butt. People have been doing it for a while, so they got <laughs> a little tolerance to it. Will right, I have right. abs by the end of this workout, yes or no? What's that? Will I have abs by the end of this workout if I do it for a solid month straight? <laughs> Depends <laughs> on where you're starting. <laughs> I'm definitely going to lose some weight and sweat, that's for sure, though. All right, we'll All right I'm in. 5, 8, 1, 30. Kurt, I got to know this answer. What? I got to know. 5, 8, 1, 30. That's, that's where I'm sitting at right now, Austin. What do you think? I'm a, I'm a 5, small 8, 1, 30. Yeah. Well, I definitely think uh, you'll be good at this workout then because I feel like it's more so just like little movements and things like that. So I feel like if you're already at that body weight, it's going to tone you down and maybe sculpt you a little bit more. 
All right. Well, there, there you have it. There you have it. Anybody listening that wants to join in and uh, get some good workouts and head over to, uh, you said on Twitch, right, Austin? Yeah, Austin Eckler on Twitch. Like I said, it's not just workouts. Uh, I'm actually doing a giveaway tomorrow, a huge giveaway. Uh, it's one of the old jerseys. I'm giving away one of my bobbleheads, a bunch of T-shirts and signed player cards. And so that's what I do over there. I just try to get the community, everyone involved, and have a good time with everybody. Awesome. Well, you got the new jerseys now. Uh, what's your What's your take on the new jerseys? I love them. I think they're one of the best uh, new jerseys that came out so far this offseason. What do you think? I think they did a good job as far as keeping it clean but not doing too much. Uh, it honestly you know, just reminds me of the old jersey, except you know we have the new logo and the, the number's a little bit bigger and different, a different font. Um, but I think they did a good job. My favorite is the uh, the Royal Blue. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Royal, Royal Blue is sick. I dig the the number now in the helmet, too. I thought that was a nice little touch to move the lightning bolt oh, yeah. up a little oh, yeah. bit. I, I sure. like that a lot. That's pretty cool. So speaking of the Chargers community, you guys gained two new members last night. Justin Herbert going to you guys at six. What did you think of the move? Um, have you talked to Justin yet? And what do you think of him uh, as a quarterback overall? You know, I haven't talked to Justin, but I did do a, you know, celebratory little invitation uh, video for him after he got drafted. Uh, but, you know, as far as a quarterback, uh, like people have been asking me because I went live after, you know, we drafted him and people are asking me this question. And for me, uh, the quarterback, his position, he has the attributes as far as he's tall. He could throw the ball. He had good grade point average. Like he's smart. So now it just comes into okay, how quickly can you transition that mental part of the of the game to your actual – and tie that to your actual physical ability? Because, yeah, he has the ability, but so much of the quarterback position is mental as far as knowing the plays, knowing the defense, knowing what play to switch to when the defense is trying to do something, knowing if they're disguising something. And so there's just the game inside the game, more so the quarterback position than any other position – that I think people get caught up on. So I'm just really excited to be around him and just help him out. I know Tyrod will, you know, be a good person to help him out. He's had some experience in the league. So I think he's got the the potential. And now it's just time to get on the field and actually, you know, when we get on the field, see uh see how we can transition. It'll it'll definitely be different. I mean, first time in what, sixteen years the Chargers will have a new quarterback under helm there. So uh it seems like uh-huh. uh, from everything going on uh, this offseason that Chargers seem to want to stick with Tyrod as a starter for right now. So going into week one, it seems like Tyrod will probably be your starter, uh, unless maybe Justin just lights it up uh, during the offseason OTAs or whatever. But uh, how, how confident are you guys with Tyrod? I mean, I'm from Buffalo. I'm a Bills fan, Austin. So we have so much love for Tyrod here. He broke our playoff streak. So I love Tyrod. And I'm sure, I mean, I'm sure he's a great teammate. But kind of your, your confidence, your mindset going into this season Got a bunch of new players coming in here. Just Tyrod at the helm for your quarterback under center. Yeah, so like I said, you know, he's one of the quarterbacks that's had, you know, some experience under his belt. So that was pretty evident right as soon as he came into the building, just as far as his his routine and how professional he was and how he carried himself, you know, on and off the field. He's in the locker room. Um, and how he just was the first one in the building every single day. So I have no doubt about his dedication to the game and, you know, his craft. And, you know, uh, Phillip was in the in the reins last year. So I think it kind of, uh, I don't know, suppressed Tyrod's leadership. Uh, but I feel like he's going to step into a role where he's going to, you know, have that leadership hat on this year uh, more so than last year, which uh, makes sense. And, you know, I feel like we could for sure win games with Tyrod. You know, he's 
great athlete. And that's something that, you know, Philip, as far as athletic ability, he had more so the knowledge, you know, the arm and accuracy. But uh, I feel like, you know, get someone that's a little bit more athletics, be a little bit more exciting back there in the backfield. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. You know, like I can't say whether we're going to do great or not. I don't know. You know, we're going to go to work and do the best we can. And that's all we can do. Well, if you play around the league long enough, you'll be old enough to play with one of Phillip's kids. So you've got that to look forward to. <laughs> all right. Um, Speaking of, you know, everything last season, you guys were my Super Bowl pick last year going into the season. You guys had the playoff run the year before that ends in New England. And then it just doesn't go right last year. Um, You know, out of your 11 losses, I believe nine were by one possession. So what do you think um, overall just kind of seemed to be the problem where, you know, it just didn't come together last year? Injuries and turnovers. Two things, man. Injuries and turning the ball over. Uh, there's too many games where we're losing the possession battle and we're losing by three, seven points, you know, four points. You know? So if we don't turn the ball over, we keep that possession, we might end up scoring or something else might happen. But And then injuries, too, started killing us early on. You know, we lost uh, Derwin and Hunter Henry, to, you know, of our you know past pro bowlers. So that never helps. And then O-line started getting some injuries as far as Russell not being able to play. With his, he had some issues going on, and then you know, Pouncey hurts his neck too. So, like, all of our leaders are getting hurt, and and on top of that, we're turning the ball over. So that's just a recipe for disaster. And the fact that we were even close in all of those games, besides probably two of them, uh, just shows that yeah, we had the potential to actually you know take it to the next step, but we just lacked some uh, some consistency. That you know, those you know, your veteran players, your better players, you know, that's what they provide is more consistency. Do you think that Melvin Gordon's holdout had anything to do with the lack of consistency anywhere? Yeah, absolutely. You know, he's one of our playmakers, and we ended up, you know, losing him for four weeks. And in those four weeks, I think we were like two and two. So you know, it's it was all around. It's little little pieces here and there. You know, we're all professional players. We all get paid, but you know, some people get paid more for a reason. <laughs> it's because they have that next that next step, whatever it is, whether it's they're consistent or, you know, they're making plays here and there, or they have a s- special attribute. But uh, So when you're missing those pieces, you can still get by and win games, but it's going to be really hard to take it to the next level as far as playoffs. Right. So, I mean, you guys, like you said, you dealt with a lot of injuries, which you can't really control, but now you got Tyrod coming in and what we've seen throughout his career so far, he's not really going to turn the ball over. He's smart with what he uh, with the way he plays. He's not going to take the big risk downfield. So, I mean, that, that's a good upside for them, uh, for you guys, and kind of whatever Herbert, however he kind of translates into the NFL here. But uh, now Melvin Gordon is gone. So you are the guy for the Chargers right now. You are running back number one. Um, what are your kind of expectations for yourself? Do you have any personal goals? Because you, you've only missed two games in, in your three-year career here and back-to-back years with 500 yards rushing and three touchdowns. So, Seems like you are just ready to go get the get the load because I mean you've not you've done nothing but produce so far in your career here. So kind of what's your expectations for this year? Obviously the Super Bowl, but any personal goals for yourself being running back number one? Uh, you know, like the whole goal of the Super Bowl, that's great. That's a great goal, but I feel like that's more like in the back of your mind, you know, as a team. That's like in the back of your mind. You can't really say, oh, Super Bowl. Like there's so many more things that like as a team, as far as setting goals that you have to accomplish before you can even think about the Super Bowl. Uh, as an individual standpoint, for me, uh, what I've been setting goals for myself, it's been basically the same every year, but it's been built off of last year. And I don't know what that looks like, but 
in the end, I want to look back on the season and say, okay, did I contribute more this year than I did the previous year? And I feel like I've been able to do that uh, year after year for three years. And so that's kind of what I'm going in with the same mindset to this next year is, okay, let's build off of last year. Let's, how could I contribute more? I made mistakes that I know I could, I've learned from, I've grown up from. Let's not make the same mistakes. And let's, because like some of the major mistakes I, I had last year, lost of some games. Like I had two fumbles on the one yard line last year. And both of those games, we lost by three points. So there's one of those, you know, turnovers that I was talking about that, you know, could have made a difference. If we had those two games, we might sneak in the playoffs. Right. And so, you know, I made some crucial uh, mistakes and now it comes down to, okay, you know, Melvin's not here anymore. So how am I, you know, this is another thing. How am I getting my, my reps limited? Like I'm not this giant body that can take, you know, the full game load. You know, I'm not a, a back like that. Like I can take the load for sure, but I'm going to need, you know, to work with somebody else. So it's going to, you know, be some some uh, figuring out the chemistry with Justin Jackson or if we drafted back, you know, or all three of us and, you know, seeing what we're good at and see how we can, you know, push forward together. And so that's that's one of my goals, too, is to, you know, see how this running uh, back chemistry and see how we mesh together and see how we can help each other and grow together is basically the goal. Uh, because I felt with Melvin, you know, I kind of grew with him for three years and we had a pretty good dynamic duo, you know, going on. As far as just like flow of the game, we understood each other like, okay, I'm going to come in for these plays. Like, okay, I see you're tired and I know how you are. You're going to stay in the game, but no, I'm coming in to get you out because you at the end of the game would be like, yeah, I was day tired. Like things like that. Like the yeah. game inside of the game is uh, is what my goals are as far as trying to perfect with this new group. Uh, we have new leadership. That's another one of my goals is have more of a leadership role on this team. Uh, I feel like, you know, now I've have, I'll have three uh, – classes of rookies underneath me so I feel like people have been watching me play for a while and have success so it's time for me to kind of you know break into that uh, leadership role especially in the running back room of course but also on uh, just the entire offense and team as well yeah I mean that that offense is uh, pretty stacked you got a lot of playmakers uh, over there on your side so I, I mean building up on the run game like you said uh, get those rushing numbers up and Maybe get the receiving numbers up because I don't know if you saw, but you missed out on a thousand yards receiving by just seven yards there, Austin. You couldn't oh, get. Oh man, I didn't even see that. That's crazy. Seven more. Ninety-three yards receiving. Forget about it. <laughs> Let's try to get it next year, man. There you go. That's the goal for next year: a thousand yards receiving. You only need seven more. So next year, next year. Right. How do you feel about your, your chemistry with Justin Jackson? You mentioned him earlier. How do you feel about you guys being a one-two punch going forward? I feel great, man. I actually, I actually really love watching Justin Jackson run. Uh, he's been dealing with injuries, you know, his first couple of years, so it's kind of limited his uh, reps. But when if you actually watch this man and practice and in the games when he does, when he is healthy, it's actually very entertaining to watch. He's just got a very unique running style that I've never seen that he just makes – like it's kind of reminds me of Shady, but in a different way. Like he'll make three people miss on one play, and you're like, "Oh my god!" Like, what? <laughs> like what? <laughs> you know, he's not the fastest, but it's like one of those like I kind of compare him to Keenan Allen. He's not the fastest, but because he's not as fast, he can break out of his cuts a little bit better. You know, his body can handle that, and that's kind of how Justin is as a running back too. He's not super fast. Sure, they have speed, uh, but he's just. His play style, his movement, his attributes just allow him to do things and cut in certain ways that it's just I, – I try to imitate them in practice. I'm like, okay, I'm going to try to cut like JJ on this play or I'm going to do it in like little drills like that. And uh, I feel like we've grown together too. 
just because we were in a little bit similar situation. You know, we weren't a higher pick. You know, he was a seventh round pick. So he's had a lot to prove too. So, I mean, we all have a lot to prove but as far as like investment from the team. Uh, there's not as much. So I feel like we've grown together and uh, I feel like we're really excited to take on this load and, you know, teach all these young guys. He's a really smart guy too. Um, you know, probably, probably the smartest guy in the room right now. <laughs> there's only two of us. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, we're ready to teach these young guys and get these guys on board too and really push forward. Um, and, I, yeah, we're just looking forward to working together for sure. How do you feel about the fact that the AFC West is just completely stacked right now? Because over in Kansas City, you got 15 in red, the defending Super Bowl champs. And then, obviously, you guys, you guys have just been revamped this year, getting a lot of help, adding to an already elite defense, some help up front in the offensive line. Uh, Las Vegas is still coming. And then how do you feel about just your entire division as a whole right now and how you guys can compete? Sure, I think it's exciting right now because, you know, the Raiders were doing some good stuff last year. Uh, they ran into some injuries too uh, late in the season, but uh, it, I'm just excited to go. And now we got Melvin over in Denver, so you know there's that little competition there. And like when we have division games, especially even before, like they've always been super excited. Whenever we play the Chiefs, you know they have a a great fan base over there and a lot of tradition. Same with the Raiders, same with the Broncos. And so every time we go into their stadium and hear all the boos, man, it just gets me going, man. Like I like the boos more than I do like the cheers. And, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, just not, it's nothing against like the players or anything you know it's, we're still all you know, you know trying to compete but uh it's just a good time it's just a good time uh being in the opponent's uh opponent's field and then we have our new stadium too that's so right. i feel like man it's just like <laughs> our division that's where it's at right now that new stadium looks pretty crazy i'm uh i'm excited to see it i'm sure you're very pumped to play in that new stadium yeah i'm just you know hoping it gets done on time hopefully right. we can get up in there for sure Hopefully we can get football on time too. We are all praying that uh, everything can hopefully get figured out by by August and September, and we can get back and pack those stadiums. Because I mean, you you guys will be traveling to Buffalo, so I'll be I'll be here. I'll be rooting for you. Other than that game, I'll be rooting against you in that Buffalo game for sure. But uh, you're going down that one. Sorry about that. <laughs> it's all good, man. See, here's here's my thing. Like, we need fans of every team because that's how you know the NFL can function. But like, if you like players on certain teams because like you like their character, their play style, they're a good dude, and, like they met you or they gave you, like, I don't know, whatever. It's just, I respect people that just respect other players just right. because of their personality, not just because they're associated with the team, you know? Yeah. It's, it just goes a little bit deeper for me because I, I feel like I'm a personable person. So, like, I mean, I like to meet people. I don't like to just say, like, oh, I play for the Chargers. What's up? Like, I actually like to meet you as a person first. Mm-hmm. And then if you like, you're a Chargers fan, that's great after. But um, so, yeah, I respect that, man. I appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, I, I want to ask you because last night, first round, we see uh, we see the Green Bay Packers trade up and they they get a quarterback and they have Aaron Rodgers there. Obviously, he's been there forever. Coming from a player's standpoint, uh, for you, let's just say Chargers take a running back here and maybe the third or fourth round. How, what's kind of your feeling? What's your mindset? Because they're not trying to replace you. It doesn't seem like, but does it get you excited? You got that competition to work for, guys to work with, but just I mean. Aaron Rodgers is I want to kind of know what's going through his mind right now but coming from a player's standpoint what how would you be feeling in that situation I mean you mentioned that they're not trying to replace you but that's their job right like they're trying to their job is to find better players to replace the players that they have right now because if they do that I mean they're gonna have a pretty good roster right and so it's my job to show that hey like I'm still you know the choice that you should go with but 
you know, it, my mindset's a little bit different. Like, who if we have to bring in a running back, we have to. We have two of us in the room right now. We have, we're gonna have to load up for six, yep. six, five or six running backs for the ninety man roster. And so I'm gonna help these guys out as much as I can because I know I would have really appreciated that. You know, when I was a rookie, you know, I feel like I I got some help, but not really as much as I would have like liked. I don't know because I was the only rookie, so I didn't have another rookie to bounce ideas off of. Um, and for me, I know I would have appreciated any help that the vets would have gave to me. So for these guys, I understand, hey, they're trying to take my job, but I understand that they're trying to make a job and get a team too. So I, I'm going to help them out just because I know that's how what I would have liked when I was a younger guy. But I, at the same time, know, look, I still have to perform as well. Uh, I'm not going to do anything to bring these guys down. If anything, bring them all up. Because if they if they flat out beat me out and they're the better player, it's going to be relevant regardless. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, there's a good chance I'm still going to be on the team. Um, unless something crazy happens, we bring in some dogs, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but, uh, you know, if the team in my room is pushing me, that just pushes me to be a better player and a better person as well. You know, if I'm able to work with these guys that are younger than me and that are actually outperforming me or I'm outperforming them, whatever it is, but as long as we're able to work together and grow together, it'll benefit both of us. It is Austin Eckler, running back Los Angeles Chargers. Austin, bro, we appreciate the time, man. Stay safe with your family. Thank you again for coming on. You're more than welcome to come on whenever you like. Just give me a shout and we'll definitely set it up. We appreciate you. Hey, thanks, boys. You guys have a good one. Thanks, Austin. And that is Austin Eckler, running back of the Los Angeles Chargers, team who I picked to win the Super Bowl last year. So let's see if they can have a nice little rebound season this year. Dude, I'm so much looking forward to watching them play this year. Yeah, I, I think uh, I think they're going to be very fun to watch. I mean, we we've gone last year. We talked about them extensively. We talked about, yeah. I mean, the 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 talent that they have on offense with Austin Eckler, with Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Hunter Henry. I mean, they're they're loading up and they loaded up that offensive line too, which I think they really needed. They struggled a lot last year with that offensive line. Uh, Austin kind of talked about the the turnover problems that they had, and I think that that probably stemmed from the offensive line because Philip Rivers he's not the most mobile guy, but if he if he would have had a brick wall in front of him, his interceptions probably would have been cut down by half. So um, I think that they're really poised to make a run here if they can stay healthy. So that's a big if. But that defense is going to be solid. They added Chris Harris Jr. Still got Joey Bosa. They got Linval Joseph, Melvin Ingram. So I like the Chargers this year for uh, for the AFC. Maybe even competing for that division with a uh, Super Bowl champ, uh, Patty Mahomes, over there. Yeah, and I think that it's worked out for both parties involved in terms of Philip going to Indianapolis. He's going to have a great offensive line where he's going to have enough time to make a 12th kid if he really wants to. So um, I think that he'll have enough time back there. And then for, like we said, the Chargers, I, I like Tyrod. Obviously, you know, you you he was your quarterback for a few years up in Buffalo. Uh, he's not obviously their long-term answer. He'll be there for the year, and then I think they'll give the keys to Justin Herbert following this year. But even with Tyrod, I mean, I think what they do is what the Browns did. I think they they start Tyrod. I don't think that Tyrod's going to light it up because that's just not the quarterback he is. So I think they give him the keys for one or two games and say, hey, you know what? You didn't get it done. We're putting in Justin Herbert because give he is. one or two games. Yeah, I, I think. I think wow. can, what? What were you thinking? I th- No, I honestly think that they're going to give Tyrod at least half a season. I don't think that Justin Herbert. I would be surprised if Justin Herbert sees the field minimum before week 10. I don't think they're going to rush him onto the field at all. I think no, because I think the situation's different than for Tyrod than it was in Cleveland. Because you look at the defense that the Chargers have right now; it's absolutely loaded. On paper, it's the best defense in football. And then you look at the weapons that they have with Keenan Allen, Mike Williams. I mean, you just talked about all of them. I think he has the perfect supporting cast around him to be a good game manager and just 
I think with Tyrod, they can be a solid eight to 10 win team. Um, their defense alone will get them uh, to where they need to be. I think it's very similar to how the Broncos were on that Super Bowl run. I think that this defense is very comparable to that when you look at the, their secondary right now, their front seven. It's it's absolutely loaded in terms of talent. So I think that the fact that Tyra doesn't turn the ball over too, that's going to help them a lot. I would not be surprised whatsoever if we see them as a playoff team, even if Justin Herbert doesn't see the field. That, uh, that AFC West is going to be kind of interesting to watch because – I mean, one, either I, either the Chargers or the Chiefs are winning the division. There's probably no debating that. Um, but then after that, I mean, the Vegas Raiders are not going to be too far behind. They had a lot of talent. They still have good players on that team. And I don't think the Broncos are really going to be contending for the playoffs unless Drew Locke really lights it up. But the Broncos are going to be fun to watch. They just added Jerry Judy, so we never know where that's going to go. And they have Mel- Melvin Gordon, so uh, they're they're loading up a little bit too. I'm very excited to watch Denver, though. I think they're going to be one of the more improved teams. I I like Drew Locke. I don't know how you feel about Drew Locke. I love Drew Locke. I yeah, think he's I mean, going to I, I, he, We don't really know any, much about him. Uh, coming out of – he went to Missouri, I believe, right? Am yes. I correct on that? Yes, so Missouri. we didn't really know too much about him. Uh, but from what I saw last year, I mean, he, he dealt with the injury. But what I saw last year, it looked pretty promising. I mean, I'm not going to write him off just yet. He didn't look horrible, but – so you put the playmakers around them, build them a good offensive line, and their defense was playing well last year. So Broncos could be a sneaky team to watch for next year. I'm very intrigued to see what they do on defense now, though, just because you know they've lost some pieces as well um, in terms of you know guys that have been there and been playmakers. You mentioned Chris Harris Jr. He's no longer there. Um, so it'll be fun to see what they decide to do in terms of their secondary. But, yeah, I, I, I'm enjoying what I see. Um, I think that Jerry Judy is going to be a huge pickup for them. The fact that they had Melvin Gordon, it's going to be a fun AFC West and uh, we're going to, we're going to see just how well all those teams fare, but we did have a draft last night, partner. And, we and we've been waiting for this draft for months. Oh, that's all that we've based the show around for the past. <laughs> I don't know how long. So the fact that it's finally here was great, but I think we're going to start off a conversation with what everybody started off the conversation with. And that's the fact that, the Green Bay Packers traded up in the first round to yes, Utah State quarterback Jordan Love. That was a move that was met with a lot of shock and awe. I know I was saying wow back and forth to myself as it happened. I did not expect that whatsoever. That's the last place I would have put Jordan Love. So what are your thoughts on Green Bay's decision to not only draft Jordan Love in the first round, but trade up to get him? I think, I mean... It, it was a good move and a bad move at the same time. Can I do that? Is that, is that allowed? I don't know. But I, I was going to say the same thing, so I'll allow it. <laughs> because it. It's a good move because you have to think about your future. Aaron Rodgers does not have a ton left. Uh, he's still playing great. He's a great quarterback, but you got to think about the future. But at the same time, they are only maybe a few players away from being a Super Bowl contender. And they just gave up their chance at a first-round pick to get – possibly an elite receiver, an elite defensive player, whatever they wanted to do where they originally were. And I I, I got to think that Aaron Rodgers is not too happy with that because he needs some help desperately, and hopefully they can help him out in the second round. But Green Bay seems to be thinking about in the future and not quite next season, next season holding up that Lombardi trophy. And that's the thing because, like, you look at the situation – like I said, I get you got a plan for the future. They did the same thing 15 years ago when they drafted uh, Aaron Rodgers when Brett Favre is the same age that Aaron Rodgers is right now. 
Um, but it's a different game than it was then. Quarterbacks play longer than Brett Favre did. Um, you know, he was on a year-to-year basis when they drafted Aaron Rodgers in 05. They didn't know, you know, if he was going to be coming back or retiring um, for that solid three-year span before we finally did in 07. And um, I think that Aaron still got at least three years left in him to be at the level that he's, you know, performing at a higher level. Um, and it's going to be interesting to see. I saw, <laughs> I saw somebody tweet a picture. It was one of the best Photoshop jobs I've ever seen. <laughs> it was uh, Aaron Rodgers in a Patriots uniform. Oh, yuck. Don't even tell yeah. me that. Yeah, so that was that was something that made me laugh. Now, I don't think it, it's gonna that that's going to happen, but yeah, I, I can see why people would say it's both a good and bad move because they're planning for the future. They're having a really promising guy learn under one of the best to ever do it and a really good coaching staff. Um, but at the same time, you know, there's people complaining with all the playmakers that were on the board. They could have had Michael Pittman right there. They could have gone with K.J. Hamler right there. Um, who are all the receivers that are still left? I'm kind of drawing a blank. I mean, Claypool. I mean, um, Ayuk was gone. Justin Jefferson was gone. Rieger was gone. So, yeah, six I, guys I are on the board at receiver. I understand it. I understand the move, but you could have gotten a very, very solid defensive player at that pick. And Packers do need some defensive help. So, I don't know. I mean, I guess only time will tell if you think that Jordan Love is going to be the best quarterback to come out of the draft. So, I, I guess. In seven years, we can look back and remember this very moment that Jordan Love was picked, and we'll be able to determine then if he was a good pick or not. I'm telling you, if you haven't done it yet, just go watch his highlights from his sophomore year. His sophomore year highlights are a lot better than his junior year highlights just because he lost a lot of stuff. A lot of guys from his sophomore year transitioning to his junior It is so much. I had a lot of fun just watching him sling it. I think 32 touchdowns, six picks in his sophomore year, then it kind of dipped a little bit as junior, but yeah, I, I enjoy watching him a lot. A lot of people compared him to his style of play to Patrick Mahomes. I can definitely see that. That's not me saying that he's going to be, you know, on the same level as Pat Mahomes, but the way that they play, it's very similar. And he's just a lot of fun to watch. Green Bay got a gem to me. I mean, I think, you know, if everything pans out, he's going to be great, but I, I understand why fans would be upset um, at the pick. I, I was talking to my friend Savannah Dean last night, who, um, is a big Packers fan, and she was all over Twitter last night just complaining, and it was really funny to me just to see all these Packers fans just losing their minds. What a nice, what a nice friend. Yeah, yeah, it's great. It was hilarious. Well, hey, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna lose my mind uh, with laughter tonight with round two if J.K. Dobbins does not go to the Steelers because you have been calling for J.K. Dobbins to be a man Steeler for months and months and months, so. If Since the happen, draft talk started, I have been right. campaigning for Pittsburgh to take J.K. Dobbins at 49, and I'm still sticking to that. And the fact that there's still um, Jonathan Taylor still available and DeAndre Swift are still available, that just makes my hope grow even further because I think both of them are going to be gone before J.K. Dobbins, and I couldn't care less if they are because I – now, if somehow, some way – either Swift and Dobbins or Taylor and Dobbins are still available and they got one or the other, even better for me. I would be perfectly happy with, you know, any of those three. Um, But yeah, I'm very, very high on Dobbins. Everybody knows that. But I told you, if they were to draft Jalen Hurts there, I wouldn't hate that. Yeah, I mean, I'm not too high on Jalen Hurts. I think he had a good college career, but I don't know how well it's going to transfer over. I think it might take him a few years, so... Pittsburgh would be a good place because you got Big Ben coming back there. Who really knows how he's going to perform? But uh, he's going to be great. Yeah, he's going to be great. Yeah, to you, he's going to be great. We'll see. But, he's uh, going to be incredible. 
Well, your your Steelers and my Bills did not have a pick in the first round. Uh, no, Steelers, Steelers had Mika Fitzpatrick, and the Buffalo Bills had Stephon Diggs, which I am cloud nine. Are very content with that. Absolutely, absolutely. So we had a lot of wide receivers off the draft off the board in the first round here, um, but there was a lot of question marks surrounding uh, this first round. A lot of questionable calls, questionable draft. Uh, there weren't a lot of trades either, so. We could probably run through a few of the biggest surprises here from the first round if you'd like. Oh yeah, definitely. Well, first off, I had two trades, I believe, in the first round of my in the first top ten of my mock draft, and we didn't get a trade till thirteen. So that that really threw off a lot of things. But the Raiders going with Henry Ruggs while C.D. Lamb and Jerry Judy were both still on the board, I think, was one of the dumbest picks all night. That and the fact that they traded for or uh, they traded Damon Arnett too, the cornerback who I didn't even have going in the second round in my mock draft. So maybe I mean maybe it's just because I'm not a professional that I picked that wrong. But I don't know. John Gruden continues to make questionable calls. Last year, what was it? Pick number three or four? They took Cleveland Farrell. Yeah, uh, I believe that was number four. A lot of guys were still on the board there. So John Gruden and Mike Mayock really like their. They're low-key names, I guess. They're so. doing it their own way and don't give a damn what any of us think. <laughs> <laughs> they don't because, you know what, they're probably not going to listen to this podcast, so it's okay. They don't care. But well, And another thing is the fact that, you know, John Gruden has a 10-year contract. They're right. not going to fire him. Right. And if he sees a guy he likes, even if he's reaching, he's going to take him, which I get at some point. But at the same time, if you can get the same guy that you want, in the third round, along with an additional great guy in the first round, why not do? I I don't know. I don't get his style of drafting. I think that drafting rugs before either Lamb or Judy was him looking at his forty yard dash time, and that shot him up his board, and he was he was kind of blown away by that. But we've talked about it on this show in terms of fast receivers. This is the same organization that drafted Darius Hayward Bay seventh overall in two thousand nine, yeah, based higher off his four three. Uh, 40 speed and now he's been uh, a special teams gunner for the Steelers for the past five years so that's that's been the extent of his career in terms of I mean obviously he's lasted this long so he must be he's good at it um but he's not anywhere near uh what many expected him to be with his draft position and I mean you I, was, other- I was very surprised to see both Judy and Lamb fall that far Judy went yeah. to Broncos at 15 Lamb went to Cowboys I mean, the 49ers pass on one at, at 14. That's right. That is right. And I think the biggest, one of the biggest surprises for me was CeeDee Lamb at, at 17 to the Cowboys. You and I have talked about it. The Cowboys, can we agree that the Cowboys only took him because they didn't want the Eagles to get him at 21, uh, the rival? They had zero reason to take CeeDee Lamb there, other than the fact that the Eagles picked three, six picks after them or five picks after them. And what position did the Eagles pick at? Now Eagles I'm going to 21 Cowboys are at 17. Okay. So four picks later, they knew that the Eagles were going to take him if they didn't. And they knew that, Hmm, if we don't take him, we're going to have to cover him for the next decade. We don't have the corner to do that right now because our top corner to sign with the dolphins. Let's take him. Because and I, and I don't, I don't understand because I mean, I do understand it's CD lamb. It's so hard to pass up on CD okay. lamb. He's on there with on the board where you're picking, but you have so many more holes that you have to address on that defense, on the offensive line. I mean, Dak needs all the help we, he can get. That's, But they already have Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup. They, they didn't need CeeDee Lamb. They really didn't. It was just kind of that sexy pick of CeeDee Lamb, one of the top wide receivers still sitting there at 17 for you. That was just a giant middle finger to Howie Roseman from Jerry Jones <laughs> on his yacht. <laughs> that is and, true. 
And, you know, I respect the move. Don't get me wrong. That was the most gangster thing I've seen. Jerry Jones on his $250 million yacht saying, watch yeah. this. And <laughs> taking CD Lamb just so Philadelphia couldn't. It's hilarious to me. Um, but the fact still remains is that they don't have a number one corner because Byron Jones is gone. They need help at safety, even though HaHa Clinton Dix just came over. Um, I think that they need safety help behind um, Xavier Woods and HaHa Clinton Dix. They don't really have any proven depth behind him. Uh, they could have rotated that with Xavier McKinney, who's still available. They could have drafted an edge rusher to play opposite of Demarcus Lawrence. Now that Robert Quinn is gone, they could have got Caleb Von Chasen. Uh, they could have gone Etor Grismatos, AJ Panessa, both of who are still available right now. Um, so I think they could have gone a boatload of different ways, but CD Lamb, it was very much a pick to say, Hey, Philadelphia, watch this. And <laughs> they didn't. Get him. So I respect the move. Don't get me wrong. And I think that it might've saved them a lot of headaches, but at the same time, they've got a lot of headaches to address right now. They do. But the, the, the Eagles fans, you still got a wide receiver who I think is going to be very good. Jalen Rieger, uh, from TCU. He's a speedster. And I don't think this is the last time we're going to see the Eagles address the wide receiver position. Um, in a later round, middle, four or five, something around there, I think they need to because their wide receiver room is very thin. Um, yeah. But I, I like the Rieger pick. Uh, and then we see Justin Jefferson go 22 right after him uh, to replace Stephon Diggs in Minnesota. Yeah, um, our boy Vic over at the Philly pod, you know, big Eagles fan, he said that he wouldn't be surprised at all if they went the route of Van Jefferson uh out of florida who would be a solid pick there if they go that around you know the fourth round i i could definitely see them continuing to add wide receiver depth to a very slim wide receiver room um justin jefferson to the vikings i liked it um i think that i i would have liked to see the vikings wait i think they should have addressed um their issues up front now that they've lost a few defensive linemen linval joseph is no longer there i believe everson griffin has gone as well so they have some holes that they need to fill there i would have liked to see them go maybe aj epinesa from from Iowa and then maybe gone corner um, with their other pick. Obviously they didn't have that other pick because they traded it to green Bay. Uh, no, they, they got it. They, they just switched with green Bay. They, they cause oh, they, they had, okay. yeah, they, they had 20 or whatever. Oh no, they switched with uh, San Francisco. They had 31. So they yeah, drafted. Yeah, that's, that's my, that's my fault. Yep. So they so, did get their corner. They got their yeah, corner. They did get their corner. That's my fault. Um, I was up till two in the morning. Um, so yeah, they obviously, I would have liked to see them go, um, either defensive tackle, whether it be Neville Gallimore or even Ross Blacklick from TCU, and then Jeff Gladney. Or, you know, I, I would like to see them maybe get a defensive end just to replace what they lost on the outside. Uh, it was good that they got their corner, great move. Um, but I think that they should have waited and maybe got a T. Higgins type guy, um, somebody who's more of like a slasher uh, you can put in the slot to compliment Adam Thielen on the outside and then maybe um get another guy later on like maybe sixth or seventh round to put on the outside as well even if they wanted to make a move for antonio gandy golden the guy who we like a lot and would love to see on both of our teams um i think that if they would have taken a proven outside guy maybe taken a t higgins to put him in the slot that could have made their offense that much more dangerous because that's the thing they don't need to replace stefan Diggs because they have adam thielen there too who's yeah. a pro bowl wide receiver so um yeah I, I mean i like justin jefferson a lot i just don't think that it's just kind of the same thing as the the Cowboys pick. They didn't need him. Uh, their wide receiver room is a little thin behind Thielen, but you could have replaced that in the middle round somewhere. So uh, a good pick by the uh, by the Vikings there. But can I just say that I think that the Miami Dolphins, who this draft was all about the Dolphins, they had three first-round picks. What are they going to do? This could be the draft that they look back on and say, hey, this is where we turned our franchise around. They get their quarterback. They get Tua Tagovailoa, the guy that they really wanted at five. 
but I think they reached on their other two picks. Um, I really do. I, I, I don't, I don't think that they should have gone that route. I think that, I think, I think Miami really did need to uh, buff up the offensive line, which they did with Austin Jackson. But at 18, that just seems a little too high for me. I don't know about you. Yeah, um, I thought that – I figured they were going to go offensive tackle, which is why I had them trading up um, in my mock draft to get Andrew Thomas, which obviously he went to the Giants, so that kind of put a bombshell on that. Um, Austin Jackson's a guy who they're going to develop. He's not quite ready um, yet, so I think they're 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 going to – have him either sit or they're just going to throw him in and let him learn, um, which is why I don't think they play Tua right away. I think they just have him redshirt for a year and have Ryan Fitzpatrick out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I like Austin Jackson, uh, but I do think that, you know, you look at his film, Mel Kuyper mentioned in the draft yesterday, which made me curious. And I had gone on to draft network just to see um, what other guys were saying. And they're saying pretty much the same thing that he's not, um, I don't know what the word is, but he's not quite ready yet. He's still got a lot of um, um, fine tuning to do. So I think that's what they'll do with him, um, whether that be, you know, not have him start right away or have him start right away and just kind of let him learn on the fly. Um, but I think it was an OK pick. I do think they reached a little bit. I thought that they reached more with uh, Noah from Auburn, the name who I'm not going to try to say because I Aiden will. Aiden Ogani. Noah yeah. Aiden Ogani, the corner. I think they reached on that guy big time because they made Byron Jones the highest paid corner in the league. You don't yeah. need to address another corner. You already have Xavier or uh, Xavier Howard there too. Get a safety. No safeties were off the board yet. Get defensive line. Go a- go after another lineman for the offensive line. Do something because I don't think Igben Ogani was supposed to go in the first round. I had a mid-second round, and there were still a lot of good corners on the board. But I, I-, I just think Miami reached on two of those players there. I, I don't think that those were – I think they were good picks. I don't think they'll be bad players, but I just think that there was better talent still on the board when they picked. I thought Trayvon Diggs would be a guy who would go between 20 and the final pick of the first round. Obviously, he's still available as well. I thought that he would have been a better pick there. I thought that they could have gone safety there with Xavier McKinney as well. I think that Xavier McKinney is going to be one of the steals of this draft. I mean, he's just very, very good, very good hybrid guy. Um, So I think that he'll be very good. You know, you look at the line of, Alabama safeties that are going to be tearing it up. It's going to be uh, him, Jonathan Abram, Minka Fitzpatrick. There's going to be a lot of good Alabama safeties um, in the NFL once he does get drafted. So whoever does get him is going to get a very good steal. And then Trayvon Diggs, another Alabama DB, is going to be going. He's so, going to the Buffalo Bills, hopefully. You've got that. You've had that in your mind too for the past little bit. Stephon, Stephon Diggs' brother. Come on now. You don't want to. You want to reunite the brothers and have a lockdown corner to sit behind Trey White and. Bill I mean, I get why you want to. I could give a damn. What's that? <laughs> I get why you want to. I could give a damn what the Bills do. <laughs> well, yeah, just because your Steelers play my Bills this year and you're going down, that's that's what that's, you're worried about. My game is know. in Orchard Park this year, so that'll that be. Is it? I don't know what week it is. What uh, we, we have schedule days? coming out in a couple weeks, I believe. Uh, I, I think, think May, it's supposed to come out soon. I think they're shooting for May seventh or ninth. I saw that the NFL schedule should be coming out, so uh, we will. Have some more football news coming, but we still have the draft to do, my friend. We're missing out on, or you're you're forgetting about rounds two through seven here. I'm, too far. I'm quite excited. We got about an hour and twenty minutes until round two starts. It'll kick off with the Bengals on the clock. Where do you think they go with that? Do you think they go offensive tackle? I think they could go Josh Jones of Houston. I think it would be very smart to go offensive line, but in my mock, I have them going. Um, 
What I, oh, I have them doing a uh, linebacker. I have them going Zach Bond from Wisconsin linebacker. That wouldn't, that wouldn't be a bad pick. Wisconsin linebackers always shape out. I mean, there's TJ Watt with my Steelers is phenomenal. We know how good JJ is off the edge. So, yeah, I think that Wisconsin players in general just usually shape out very well. That would be a good pick. I, I think we see a run of running backs. I think all the running backs are all the top running backs are gone by round two because there are oh, still yeah. a boatload of them left. You you already mentioned J.K. Dobbins, but we got DeAndre Swift, we got uh, Jonathan Taylor, Cam Akers. Uh, there's a lot of good good running backs. It's kind of low key in this draft because this draft has been focused on the wide receiver position. So uh, yeah. expect some, some top running backs off the board early. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire being the first back off the board was not what I saw coming. I thought not they would be Taylor or DeAndre Swift. I had DeAndre Swift going 26 to the Dolphins in my mock. Um, I thought that that was my first mock. I had him going in the second round seventh to the Dolphins, but it's still very possible. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I do have the Bengals selecting a tackle. Um, I had them taking Isaiah Wilson. He's not on the board anymore. So maybe a guy like Josh Jones from Houston. I had the Colts taking Brandon Ayuk um, from – Arizona State. He's gone. He's on the same 49ers now. Yeah. So um, after that, I mean, we still got guys like Antoine Winfield still on the board. Um, Prince Tego Wanagahu. Is that how you say his last name? I definitely just. Uh, I don't know. I'm I'm not a. I'm not a enthusiast on all the names here. I don't know. The offensive tackle. We'll go Prince from Auburn. He'll be um, taken very early. I think he'll go to the Chargers just to get them a, a left tackle. Um, so yeah, there's going to be a lot of guys that are going, we still have a lot of receivers. We still got Lavisca Chanel, T Higgins, KJ Hamler, uh, Michael Pittman Jr. There's a lot of skill guys left. There's a lot of very good players left and I'm very excited to see where they all end up and T minus about an hour and 18 minutes. So we are getting there, my friend. So we will be back, uh, probably to recap the draft, maybe Sunday, maybe Monday around there. Um, and hopefully another big guest because we can't thank Austin Eckler enough for coming on the show. That was awesome to talk to him. Um, and we will continue with our uh, big guests, hopefully on the show and in the future here. Yes, sir. That was a very good show. Always glad to do it with you. Give, yes, sir. Give the people something to listen to while they're stuck at home, which unfortunately I'm starting to get very used to. And hopefully we can break this very soon. Get this thing broken open and we can finally get back to life as it has been. And we can get back to football hopefully very soon here. But uh, until then, hopefully everybody can stay safe, stay indoors, wear your masks outside. I know I am. I got my Buffalo Bills mask. I'm wearing that to to all the supermarkets and uh, showing my pride for the Buffalo Bills. You keep doing that. That doesn't surprise me in the least that you have a Bills mask that you wear everywhere you go. So keep doing, keep doing that, everybody. Stay stay at home if you can. If you do, be safe when you go out, social distance. And we'll be back with a new edition of Laces Out here in the next week to recap the draft. And if we get another guest, then we'll announce it on Twitter and we'll have something else to be excited for. Again, thank you to Austin Eckler for coming on. Um, and we'll talk to you guys within the week, I guess. Yes, sir. Sounds good. See you, everybody. All right. This is Laces Out. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.